you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, hey, hey do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to recap AEW Dynamite from this past week. Um, yeah, we had a, kind of a change of, was it a different location that we had from previous weeks? Because It was see- a different location, so since they're not doing tape anymore, this was actually a live show, and they did it from their live, uh, I guess, their home okay. venue, which is in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Uh, so this is, so we're, when they're doing their live shows, this is where they're going to have their uh, live event at. Got it, got it. Okay, because yeah, this um, it, it felt different, you know, in yeah. this venue. The um, had some fans see, there. What? Well, yeah, that was kind of weird too. There were a couple of people that weren't, you know, clearly. I mean, there were some kids that yeah, I, that you could saw see kids. There. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a little bit. Uh, it threw me off for a second. I mean, like, we what did, are they doing? Yeah, it, it did too. I but I think. had to remember, Florida is one of the states that did reopen. So yeah, uh, had had that had to had that. Had to remember that in there. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird, but um, yeah, and, and um, you know, it was it was kind of uh, I don't know. It looked like a daytime setting. You know, you could see the sky and everything, and yeah. you know, it just uh, you know, it was it was nice. It was a nice change of pace, though. I will say, I, I wasn't mad at it. But um, yeah, I mean, this this show it, it kind of uh, had um, an interesting flow to it, which we'll get into when we talk about these matches. Um, started off with a matchup with Cody Rhodes and Joy Janela. Uh, Cody Rhodes got the victory in this one. Pretty good, hard-fought, back-and-forth type of matchup. Decent showing from from Joey, for sure. Hadn't seen him on television for a while. Um, you know, and Cody, this was kind of, a, I guess, a tune-up uh, towards his matchup for the TNT Championship, um, heading into that match against Lance Archer. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Like, did you, in terms of this getting him ready for Lance Archer, like, does this matchup help you believe that he could actually beat Lance Archer? No. Okay. <laughs> it didn't at all. If this was a showcase to show me to prove that he's ready for Lance Archer, it was an epic failure. That's that's what it was. Uh I I, I was kinda kinda confused by the commentary how they was treating Joy Janellas. I guess he's been busy since he's been off screen with AEW Dark and uh they was mentioning some of the his wins that he had, been on a winning streak and he and one of the wins that they mentioned he beat Ray Phoenix. I was like, oh, wow, really? I'm like, that's a match I, I'll have to see myself and see what happened and see the reason why they, they're they giving him this this build, man. You sure that was him they said beat Ray Phoenix or it was Cody? No, it, it, they said Joy Janela. I just watched it twice. I, I watched it uh, one time yesterday and then literally I just watched that first part 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, that that's something you know you just kind of have to see to to believe. Like yeah. you know, Joey beating Ray Phoenix. Like Ray Phoenix is right. Is on I'm like, level, so. I'm like, come again. Yeah. <laughs> and and also too, it kind of. I mean, you know, it's it's cool that they're doing dark, but 
you know, to just not as many people are seeing that as they're seeing Dynamite. And to put that kind of matchup and that kind of win for Joe Janelle on, on Dark, it just feels like it's not. Even though it happened, it kind of feels like it didn't, you know. And then they're just talking about it. Like, it just feels a little bit empty. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess to to those who are watching everything, you got that extra little treat to know that, yeah, Joe Janela's, you know, racked up some wins. But, you know, for, you know, the general audience here that's watching, it's like, all right, you know, what we know of Joe Janela is he showed up a couple times. He's a little bit, you know, crazy and, you know, he's willing to get hardcore from time to time. time, to time. But he doesn't really win. So, you know, that's that's that's. Yeah, I don't put him at a level as at Cody Rhodes. Right. But yet, you know, here we are talking about, you know, or here we are talking about commentary, talking about, you know, how it can be a trap game for Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, speaking of commentary, too, we did have the commentary team of Excalibur at JR uh, back with Tony Schiavone, just uh, as an update there. So that was that was kind of interesting getting getting those guys back. Um, I miss Jericho in commentary, though, to be Me honest. Too. Me too. Yeah. But you saw the reason why he wasn't. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Le Champion was was busy. He had a match to, right. to prepare for, so you know, less sex guys, <laughs> <laughs> which we will get into for sure. Uh, we'll talk about that, but yeah, I mean, as a as far as you know, this building up Cody to head into that matchup against Lance Archer, it really didn't do anything for me either. I just kind of felt like you know, you you struggling with Joey Janela doesn't put you in a good spot against Lance Archer, who's just twice the size and has been so impressive. I mean, I don't know. It's it's I would I would hope that they would, you know, find a way to make me believe like, oh, this could happen, you know, and just the mere fact that it's Cody. There's that little bit of thought that, oh, maybe maybe this could happen. But how um, besides well, that's the thing, Brandy. Right. Right. It's it's just that, you know, Cody being the, the, the good guy, you know, in this story, you know, it's almost a classic like good versus evil type story. So you want to believe that Cody could persevere and he's, you know, he's got some tools is up, up his sleeve, you know, like he can, he's, he's, he's a worthy adversary for anybody, you know, but in this situation, it just feels so such an uphill battle that, you know, any prediction right now would definitely be Lance Archer for sure. You know, yeah, I see Lance Archer all the way. The only way I can see this being Cody Rhodes would be Brandy being the X factor in some way helping him uh getting the title maybe by using her uh what was that? What's that fashion called? The Nightmare Collective? Yeah, that thing's dead. You sure? It's dead. Nightmare Collective is dead. She might bring it back out for Jake the Snake. She can't because it just it just I don't know, it's man. been so long and snake, that, that, that snake that, on her. On him. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, we'll get into that too. That was really too, awkward. Man. That was really awkward. Um, <laughs> but, for, but real quick on the Nightmare Collective, I mean, part of the reason why I say it was dead is because when, you know, Cody was going against MJF, like, you know, Brandy was still technically, you know, she still had that, that faction and it just disappeared. They threw it away completely. So if you just bring that back right now, I would I would kind of feel a little bit upset about it. Like, okay, now you're bringing that back up all of a sudden. It just feels dead to me. Like, I just don't care. And it would just seem weird to just see that just pop up out of nowhere. And she's, she's I don't know. It just feels weird to bring that up in this context of this story with Cody and Lance Archer and Jake. I get what you're saying to maybe have some kind of advantage or trying to even the odds somehow, some way with, with anything that they have. But, I mean, I don't know. It would... It, It'd make more sense if, like, you know, his brother and QT and everybody that 
Lance Archer has wronged so far, you know, tried to jump into that match and, and cause distractions and try to get involved versus the Nightmare Collective. Because I'm just I'm just kind of over that faction since they decided to throw it away. I just it's throw lost it away all the just out the blue with no reasoning behind it. What's that? I said they just threw away that faction yeah. out the blue with no reasoning behind exactly. it. That's, I, I, that's why I believe that. I don't know. For some reason, I could see Jake the Snake being a catalyst, kind of pushing Brandy into putting that Nightmare Collective faction together. We'll see. I mean, if, if that happens, I, you know, I guess it all just depends on how they choose to do it. But it's just it's lost legitimacy for me. It's, it's like you have to start from square one again. And, you know, it, it just it's, it's just one of those factions that I, I, I know how it kind of disappeared. And so to bring it back now for this, it just feels like, eh, OK, fine, <laughs> you know. Um, but since we're talking about Brandy, let's just skip towards that that matchup that Lance Archer had with QT Marshall. Um, so, you know, it started off with Brandy having a, a promo, you know, aimed towards Jake the Snake and basically with the message of, you know, keep my name out your mouth kind of thing. And, you know, seeing through the the mind games and the tactics and the traps that he's, you know, potentially trying to set up for Cody by, you know, trying to make her the damsel in distress and all that Um led into this matchup with with Lance Archer and it's funny because she she talked about how she you know they weren't going to fall for this trap yet she kind of put herself in that trap by being there with QT Marshall like of course you're somehow going to get you know put in this situation where now you know they could try to use you as bait for yeah. for Cody but you know yep. that, that's that's a small nitpick there um the matchup you know itself real quick Lance Archer did win uh, he beat QT Marshall QT easily look, decent he looked okay nice little enziguri he pulled off to to knock uh, lance archer to his to his to his knee i don't think he fell completely down but uh yeah lance archer took care of business he just he he you know i mean there was one point where jake the snake kind of dropped his head and looked a little disappointed with lance archer which i thought was kind of like i don't know i didn't like that i thought i feel like me too like if if you know you're lance archer you shouldn't be worried at all you should just be having a look that you're confident Exactly. And then commentary reading off that, like, look, he's not even worried. But that was the bad. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that he, he kind of betrayed the, the the whole thing, the whole mystique of Lance Archer with just dropping his head for a little bit, because now that's the one little piece of doubt that they're trying to put in our heads, even though, you know, if you, I'm willing to just throw that out because I see how dominant Lance Archer truly is. And I had no concern, even with QT doing what he was doing. I was like, no, nah, this is this isn't happening. He's not going to lose to QT right before he faces Cody. Like, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so after, so, uh, during, I guess towards, I'm trying to remember when this happened with Britt Baker, where she, she had hit, uh, QT with her shoe and then Brandy grabbed the shoe, threw it in the crowd, right? Later on, uh, uh, Britt came out of the crowd and DDT'd, uh, Brandy on the ground, which kind of started this whole thing with Brandy being in the ring and Lance Archer kind of dragged her into the middle of the ring. And then here comes Jake with his snake into the ring and it got awkward from here. Yeah. Uh, Jake laid the snake on her. Well, and first he, he straddled her. Well, he laid the snake on her first. Well, yeah. And then he's, I mean, we're, we're arguing semantics here, but you know, <laughs> it was the bottom line of it was there's a snake on Brandy. And so is Jake. So Jake and his snake are on top of Brandy, which, you Make know, sure even you the, clarify, this is an actual pet snake, pet snake. <laughs> yeah. His, a hey, is Jake, the snake, man. It's a snake. <laughs> right. Um, 
you know, in commentary, like, it was the thing. It was Jr. that said something about you know the suggestive, you know, imagery that this was is just disgusting. You know, which made like left zero doubt as to what they were trying to insinuate here yeah, with this yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah, what do you think of this whole whole mess here? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, it definitely got uncomfortable when towards the end when Jake the Snake was straddling Brandy Rhodes. And then, you know, basically with this snake on top of her and and when Jr. made that comment, I'm like, yeah, you you might as well clearly now. Thank you, you know, Jr. for clearly painting that picture now, because I already kind of got a clue what what, what Jake the Snake was for. hinting at, what he's trying right. to do. And then right. you get Jr. just confirming. I'm like, great. <laughs> oh, man. For me, it, it kind of brought up the question, where where was Cody? You know, like with all that going on. Cody's just in the back, just like, okay, you know, I'm not going to fall for the trap. No, this dude is on top of your wife right now, you know, and with the snake, with the snake. And it's just like JR is painting the picture for you and you're just back there doing what? Like, you know, I I get you had a match with Joey Janela, but you were you were fine after that matchup. Like, come on now, this is your wife. So I don't know that. that Well, they was highlighting the fact the week before that he didn't call it. He didn't call it. He ain't throwing a towel for his brother, Dustin. So, what do you think this is? Do you think that means something? Do you think it maybe insinuates this is a pattern? Something? That what? Also, I don't know. Maybe this is a pattern for something in his character to change. I, I don't know. I mean, because if we, you know, Jericho also painted the picture of um, Cody knowing that his wife was behind him when he threw Darby <laughs> Allen yeah. into the guardrail. Yeah. If you look at it, I'm like, how can you not tell your wife is right there, man? Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if if you wanted to start to tell the story of a Cody heel turn, I guess you're starting to lay the foundations of it in in all of this, potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't know. I I feel like the whole thing with his wife and the snake, that part, even if he's a heel, like that, I think, would still have his character go out there. Like he he, is like him and his wife wife. at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I would have been flying out there, man. As soon as yeah. I would have saw the snake or, man. Or just Living. when I seen, you know, Britt Baker throw Brandy Rose in the ring with Lance Archer. I, that's it. I don't need, that's it, right. I don't, need, I don't need to see anything further than that. Right. I don't care if it's a trap. I don't care if it's a setup. I, I can't let that happen. You know, I just I just cannot. In that situation, I'm with you. It just, it didn't make sense to me that he didn't show up at all. Right. Like, he should have been willing to to get in there and say basically sacrifice himself in order to make sure she was okay, you know, or at least be there, you know, and then Lance Archer takes you out. And then they, they're like, you know, they, he still puts the snake on her and, and Lance Archer's holding him back or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like for him just not to be there at all, it just felt just weird. It was just weird. It was uh, man. Like, yeah, it, I don't know what they're, I don't, I don't know where they're trying to hint at with, uh, with Cody's character right now. Yeah. It, it's it's a little confusing. I mean, you know, time will tell. You know, maybe there is a, See, a, a long out. game type of story they're they're telling yeah. right now. But yeah, it's it's weird right now. Um all right, let's go. Nyla Rose uh made her return to Dynamite uh, TV uh here. and again, not sure if she's been on Dark, but on Dynamite she was back. They had a little uh video package they put together talking about her, but then also the other contenders that have kind of stepped up since she's been off of television. 
And, you know, Nyla in, in the uh, right before her matchup got interviewed by Tony Schiavone and she called the the video cute, you know, because they were trying to say, like, OK, who's the most dominant now? Or and she asked the question to him and, you know, you could see he was terrified. He ain't <laughs> nothing. So, you know, I, I, I like the way that she made her return uh, being dominant. Uh, she fought uh, Kenzie Page, who just got. Destroyed, destroyed man. Just, I feel bad for that young girl. She was only 18. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. What is it with AEW doing this to these, like, the, that kid that went in, that had that match with um, uh, Sean Brody? Spears and then Brody oh, Lee? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they just, I mean, he, he has to be, like, 18, 19, maybe, you know? Yeah, like, he's, yeah he's, he's a young one, baby phasing. You got another baby out there, 18. Another one. <laughs> just give her to, man, feed her to... To Nyla Rose, why? Yeah, just, <laughs> just yeah, you're gonna grow up quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to. Welcome to AEW, man. Oh man, but yeah, no mercy, no mercy here from Nyla Rose for sure. And uh, yeah, certain her dominance, uh, posing with the title, and you know, you had some of the competitive, the uh, challengers for the title out there. Yeah, um, you had Karushita and Britt Baker out there. Um, so yeah, man, just uh, like I said, a good showing for Nyla Rose in terms of. Just making her her making a statement to all the people aiming for her throne. Like, look, I'm back. I'm here. So yeah, I thought it was it was good. And the women's division needs that that uh, that from her, I believe, just to to be that that uh, mountain to climb, you know, and to have her presence felt like that. I thought it was good. Yeah, man, uh, it was a definitely a good look for her. Uh, that's definitely an exclamation point, saying, "Yeah, I'm the champ," and y'all better recognize. You know what I'm saying? That, Cause that's her attitude. She don't give a damn, and she gonna destroy anybody. And you just saw what she did to a 18 year old young girl. <laughs> She's just wrong, man. Fresh out of high wrong. school, or maybe still Seriously. in high school. Maybe you never man, know. Maybe feel so bad, <laughs> so bad. All right. Um. So MJF is gonna be making his return to in ring competition next week. Um, he was also here at the show, just kind of on the on the heel side of the crowd, if you will, uh, gambling and, and making his presence felt uh, here and there as usual mm. with Sean Spears. So that was kind of cool to see. So I feel like mentioning that MJF is is still making his presence felt and still, you know, just, um, you know, with the, the little bits that he does, he still finds ways to be entertaining. So, you know, just uh, we're on MJF watching is the, the return uh, finally officially happens next week for all the MJFs out there. MJF is returning next week. You, you think um, we'll see that young kid out there that went against Brody Lee and Sean <laughs> Spears? You know what? Write it down. That's that's Mark it, it, it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> and then he's just going to destroy it. I, I have a high percentage chance that that might just happen. You might see that guy out there. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. He, he, why, why not at this point? At <laughs> yeah. this point, it might as well be. Um so we had, uh, speaking of returns, we had the return of John Moxley, the yeah. champion, the AEW champion, finally returned to to competition. I mean, he had been, he had his championship matchup against Jake Hager, you know, in that empty arena match. But I don't know. I kind of don't count that, was that in a way. Yeah. yeah. We, we both said it was boring. 
It was. It was boring. I, I was fighting falling asleep, man. I, it was it was real hard to stay awake during that matchup. I can't yeah. even lie. And I, I'm a fan of John Moxley, but yeah, that, yeah, that match wasn't doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he made his return here against Frankie Kazarian. Um, what did you think of him going against Frankie Kazarian? You know, versus say you know Scorpio Sky or anybody else. Like, did you what did you think of this pairing? This is actually a surprising match right here for me, man. They actually got some good chemistry. This match reminds me of what John Moxley did on that pay-per-view or when he was Dean, Dean Ambrose uh, against that Roadblock pay-per-view against Triple H when he had like this. I, I say that was like probably one of his best matches. And I would put him up up here, man. This is probably one of his best matches. And he had it with Frankie Kazarian. Frankie, I didn't know Frankie Kazarian can go like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... You know, seen Frankie since uh, I think the first time I saw Frankie Kazarian was in TNA. I believe that was the first time I saw him. And yeah, I mean, as a singles wrestler, and he was great. I think he was wrestling for the X Division Championship for a while there. Um, you know, as a singles competitor, he's got skills. Um, it's just it's been a long time since that's happened. I mean, he's he's been and in AEW at least he's been wrestling in this tag team. So um, what's interesting too, though, is commentary was kind of making it sound like. Oh, if Kazarian wins this matchup, this could be the end of SCU because then he'll go on a singles run and want to be a champion. And Scorpio Sky is already alluding to wanting to go on a singles yep. run. So, you know, they're throwing that out there. What, they are. what would you feel about SCU potentially splitting up? I Actually, I wouldn't care. I was never invested in the SCU. I like the catchphrase, you know, SCU. But it pretty much, you know, that's over from there. But I, I I think there had I think there's more promise in the Scorpio skies of solo than SCU. Uh and then freaking Kazarian, man, he can he could definitely go single if he wanted to, cause he I didn't know he can go like that. You know, from you from from your point of view, you saw him back in TNA. For me, this was a good spotlight for me to get a, a good idea of who Frankie Kazarian is, the singles uh guy. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for me, Scorpio Sky definitely. I think he's a superstar in the making. I think a singles run has to happen. It just he's ready for that. Um, Frank Kazarian, I feel like he would be successful as a singles star. I feel like you know, for him though, I, I do like the idea of him maybe sticking with Christopher Daniels in this tag team. I'm not invested in the tag team at all, like you like you just said. But I do feel like you know he's the kind of guy that might get lost in the shuffle a little bit if he's in the singles. Um, a division versus right now with SCU, like, you know, they're getting matches, they're getting ranked, you know, they they have a, a thing, you know, with the crowd that, that they're behind them with. So, um, you know, I, I'm a little torn on Frankie Kazarian going single, but I know he has the talent to do it. The Scorpio Sky, absolutely. I think 100% he should go solo and, and do his thing because he's ready for that. For Frankie Kazarian, man, I think... I think he could be that guy in AEW, that veteran guy that could help the young guys out, man, like like a Kip Sabian, super bad, or maybe an MJF. Yeah. I, he could be a utility guy, but make That's me think true. of like a hardcore Holly, somebody yeah. like guy, somebody like that, you know, who was, you know, never the main guy, but who who was still able to go and and still do good work. And I think Kazarian can fill in that role. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he could be, you know, that that wrestler that can help, you know, put people over that kind of uh, guy that, you know, you test out the young guys against the sea, like if they're really ready to take that next step. 
Um, yeah, he could te- he could definitely be be that that for for AEW. I think that'd be a perfect fit for him too. Um, you know, as far as titles go, I don't really see that necessarily. But um, yeah, I think you made a great point there with with Frankie in, in terms of him just being like that that you said utility. I, I guess gatekeeper. You know, would be a, 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 another way to look at it. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't you know, know if I would have called him a gatekeeper because the way he wrestled, it it was not like well, uh, I don't know. Well, because he has. I didn't all get the that tools. gatekeeper vibe from him though. Yeah, see, but I guess I got a utility vibe from him. The way I see it, like he's he's good enough to hang with anybody. I mean, and they just sold him as being able to go toe-to-toe with John Moxley, the current champion. Yeah. So to me, he's the kind of guy now, the way they're setting him up, that um, he's got the talent, the skills to go against anybody, but nobody would really, like the, I don't think the crowd is is clamoring for Frankie Kazarian to go on a solo run. No. So it, it's it's kind of a good test. He's, he's that bar now for, okay, if you have a guy who you're trying to, you know, get over maybe, like let's just say Pineapple Pete, right? If they want to see if Pineapple Pete can get to the, you know, can put on a, a great match, you know, they can put him up against the the Jerichos. They can put him up against the Moxleys. But, you know, you may want to put him up against Frankie Kazarian also to just, you know, have it be like that that mid-card test to see, like, okay, is he, you know, give him that win over that guy to be able to start his his rise to whatever they want to build him to, if they want him to build, build him up. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I say gatekeepers like, yeah, once you beat this guy, then that means that, OK, you've got some legitimate skills because he's not going to beat the, the you know, those like the I hate to use Pineapple Pete in this way, but, you know, he's not going to beat John Moxley. He's not going to beat Jericho. But Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, maybe that's a possibility. Right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's you know, I, I see that. That's a good point. Yeah. So, but speaking of John Moxley, his matchup with Kazarian, things didn't end there. After he beat Kazarian, um, he got visited by the Dark Order, um, which, yeah, it was it was an interesting moment. Why don't you break this one down, man? Because I know you probably had fun with it. Yeah, man. So he got mobbed up, man, by the Creepers. <laughs> I guess it was a good, I'm trying to count because I got them on my TV right now, a good seven or eight of them. And then you had the new guy, number 10. Who had the the ten? Uh, it was marked on his chest. Mark, ten, yeah, yeah, ten dash marks, the tally marks that you yep. usually want to do. He had them all across his chest. <laughs> Number ten, I guess that that's the new guy that was in that promo video. That was uh, maybe he had a sports background. Yeah, the former Heisman. Yeah, player, yeah, or something yeah, something like that or yeah, contender go, or something. Yeah, going through an injury because I noticed he had like a knee brace on. Yeah, so it made me think maybe that's the guy, the the former athlete, former football player. Uh, but yeah, man. So they they just basically just mobbed him up, just all beating him up, and all of a sudden you see Brody come out looking clean, got the suit on, sports jacket, dressed to the nine, come out, and uh, he says he, he requests AEW championship. Uh, but he did mention, by the way, about you know he's not the same Brody Lee as in the past, you know, yeah. as you know, which I enjoyed that little line right there, but. Uh, he, he did put it out there that he he issued the challenge. Uh, John Moxley's response was very John Moxley. He was like, "That's all you had to say. That's all you had to ask. All, all you had, had to do was, was ask. just ask." <laughs> <laughs> no, it just laughed it off. And typical John Moxley. Uh, I thought I enjoyed the the promo more from Brody's side though. 
Yeah, I mean, Brody definitely had uh, more to say, you know, about about, uh, you know, the whole situation. And he took the belt. He, you know, they made it a point to say he took the belt with him, you know, when they went to commercial break. So he still has uh, Moxley's belt, the AEW World Championship in his possession. Um, so we'll see where they go with with that whole thing of, you know, John maybe trying to get the belt back from the Dark Order. Um, you know, I mean, my mind just went to <laughs> I wonder if they do. I mean, they're going to have that matchup um, coming up at the next pay-per-view. But, you know, I wonder if Moxley is going to go visit the facilities of the Dark Order to try to get his property back. You know, they may pull something like that with with this crazy enough to do that, man. Yep. Yep. I can see it. I can see it. So are you are you excited for Moxley versus Mr. Brody Lee? Um, I'm not excited. It piques my interest. I say that it piques my interest to to see if it could get me excited about this build. Uh, What's missing? What's missing right now? I don't know, man. I think it's more on Moxley's side, man. Because I think, you know, ever since he won the championship, he, you know, he didn't calm down a bit, a little bit. He didn't lost some of his steam. So uh, maybe he can get it back with, uh, because that, let me back up a bit, because that fight with Jake, Jake Hager didn't help. Yeah. Didn't help a lot. I think that kind of just ended whatever momentum he had with me. Uh, and then you now you fast forward to this possible match with Brody it, it's interesting man it's something different for me from my point of view so I, I'm it, maybe it could be interesting enough that it could get me excited for them to see a, uh, for me to see a match yeah it's weird like I don't feel like this is going to be the main event even though it's the AEW world championship that's going to be on the line you know it feels yeah, like that's a good point right you know, like maybe some whatever Matt Hardy is doing is probably going to be the main event yeah, or and whatever that Jericho is more main event yes yeah yes you know, exactly. Just whatever. Because we've been, I don't know, Matt has been doing such a great job on television. All his promos so far have been awesome. Um, Jericho has just been killing it. Even without being in the ring, he's just been such a presence. You know, and Moxley, the last time we saw him in the ring, it was lackluster. And then we really hadn't seen him. And now he's back. And, you know, he fights Frank Kazarian, which is cool. But, you know, it's not this big matchup. And then, yeah, Brody Lee's been awesome. But like you said, my, on, on John's side, you know, he... It leaves something to be desired right now. It's like he has to build himself back up a little bit, you know, to to really get people excited about where his title run is going. Because so far, you know, once he beat Jericho, it kind of felt like, okay, that was the peak. And now we're just kind of waiting for that next, you know, cool thing to happen. And it just it just hasn't yet. And and it's been a a little while now, too. So um, because I think they hit a dud with, you know, followed up by. by Chris Jericho with Jake Hager, and that was a dud right there. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um, so you know, it's, it's they got some work to do for sure. I think a visit to the the Dark Order facilities though could help. You know, just an, a good bit of storytelling could be could be really nice. It's funny, I even feel like the the TNT Championship match could be the main event over this though. You know, which is which is really funny because that's you know you got the World Championship versus the TNT Championship, but there's been so much more story being told. With, you know, Lance Archer, you know, and Jake and then, you know, Cody, it's just, you know, that one. I'm more invested in, in seeing Lance Archer get crowned the new champion yeah, and seeing too. John Moxley. Well, actually, another thing, too, is so this matchup early prediction. Do you feel like the title can actually change hands or do you feel like John's just going to retain? I think John is going to retain. Right. But, it, man, Tony's Khan's behind is behind John. Let's uh, not forget, man. You know, John was you know, WWE champion before. 
So why not? He can't be a main eventer for AEW as well. So, you know, let, let him see well, what I he can do. The weird part, though, is I mean, you're building up Brody Lee like this and then to have him lose in his, you know, potentially his first legit matchup, right? Like the first legitimate opponent that he has, because everybody else he's faced has been, you know, these no names. So then, you know, he he technically is making his debut you know, against real competition. Oh, well, yeah. You know, against John Moxley, and then he loses that matchup. It's going to lose a little bit of something. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's another aspect of this that kind of makes me feel weird about it because I feel what you just said about John winning, I feel that too. It feels like John is going to retain. But, man, to, to they got to find a way to do it where it also doesn't take away from Brody's momentum because, you know, that would, that would, hurt him i feel a little bit if he were to just lose clean to yeah. john now that i think about it how can john win because he i'm like he would you you expect him to lose if they set up this match because brody lee he has a whole faction behind him right right the creepers right you know it's 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 gonna be tricky to to make this work the right way you know, where you don't take away too much from Brody, because, again, you really built him up. And this is his first like it'd be one thing if we have been seeing Brody against some of the other competitors in AEW, you know, yeah. Kenny Omegas and and the, you know, Jericho's, whoever, just pick pick a name, you know, legitimate competition. But this is his first legit matchup in my eyes to lose that matchup, especially if he loses clean. That wouldn't be a good look. So no. they've they've got to find a way to creatively do this to where you know both guys come out looking looking still strong in this in the situation. But I do think John Mox is going to win. So it's going to be interesting to see how they how they pull that off. Yeah, how how would they pull that off for John Moxley? Like, would it be like a Johnny Gargano performance? You know, overcoming the odds. Would you accept that? Um, would I accept it? I mean, with with John Moxley. So those those creeper like I could see John Moxley if it's um, how do I say this? Yeah, I could see it. But at the same time, like with this being my problem with it is it's Brody's first matchup. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with with the Gargano Cole thing. I mean, it didn't bother me for Cole because Cole's already established. You know, like the Undisputed Era is already established. Like everybody loves them. You know, win or lose, that man, he's he's on top of the world. Brody is just coming from WWE. He's trying to, for the first time ever, stand on his own two feet and be a leader and be this, you know, this 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 main guy. Or he's trying to portray himself as the man. Yeah, and for him to just be now establishing himself and then lose, and then to have the creepers with him and then lose his first legitimate matchup, man, that, that, that takes a shot. That takes a, that, that takes away from his momentum, you know? So I don't know how you, you, you do that without it costing Brody something, um, short of Brody, just not caring about the belt and just like destroying John, just to prove a point versus trying to win the title, you know, like getting himself disqualified, you know, because he just wants to destroy John. But he said he wants the belt. So yes, he made, <laughs> you know, he, he made, made that, that evident. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. That's a tricky one, man. And I don't I don't right now, I mean I guess, you know, in the weeks to come we'll see, you know, how they're telling the story and maybe there'll be some ideas that pop up. But right now I'm having a hard time seeing it. 
Yeah, because I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture and see how you know how would you how would that make you feel? Like say you know this is the championship for the AEW championship belt, and towards the end, Coopers come out five six of them. They do like a DDT to John, but he was able to overcome the obstacles and win against Brody Lee. Well, John does have that character, you know what I'm saying? So I could see it happening. It's it's more about the negative impact it would have to Brody Lee, given he's just trying to establish himself. Yep. Because John does have that resilience, right? He has that, you're going to have to kill me in order to take this belt from me. And so, you know, the, the Creeper's jumping him right now, like, there wasn't there wasn't a pin there wasn't a you know it wasn't a matchup it was just a beatdown in an actual matchup you know I could see John Moxley overcoming the odds and being able to pull that off I could see that happening you know the 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 question more of is how do you protect Brody in that situation because he's he's still trying to establish himself like you could do it I guess the between those two options whether you know either having John win or Brody win I think it makes more sense to have John win because he's champion and he's, you know, it still seems kind of early in his title reign. So yeah, I, I don't think he only had the belt, what, since February? Right. And he's had one title defense since since winning it, yeah. you know, so it, it, to, in order for him to truly establish himself as a great champion, like you, you have to have him have a couple more title defenses and, and hold that belt for a, a little bit longer. Um, so it makes sense for him to, to retain. Um, him losing, I think, would be worse than, than the other way around. Um, but the, the 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 game here for them is to figure out how to protect Brody. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely the question right there. Like, how do you protect Brody? Yeah, that's for John tricky. to keep the belt. That is tricky. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. That that's gonna be. Is it too uh, soon to do this build? So you do a slow it, it might be. The more we talk about it, it might it might have been why are you trying to fast track? Like you got AEW, just take your time. I'd rather have like a good build to this. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, it was kind of surprising, honestly, to see them come out there and, and attack Moxley. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't thinking about it to this level, you know, like, wow, like, you know, this could affect Brody Lee in a negative way because I don't see him winning that matchup. Um but yeah, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's too soon. I think they should have they should hold off on this and you know, and it's 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 really funny now thinking about this because uh one thing that uh that Brody had said, I think in his interview with Jericho, is he wanted to do with this what he felt WWE should have been doing with Bray, you know, yeah, and, and, and the, the way it could have been. Yeah. But what's interesting now is we're talking about Brody maybe getting a title shot too soon. And, you know, that hurting him in the loss, similar, you know, Bray went, you know, with the Fiend character, got a title <laughs> shot. And we were saying, man, like he shouldn't have gotten a title shot yet because it kind of ruins him, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. Here we go now. Here like both are kind of making the same mistakes. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just thinking about it right now, I'm like, wow, you know, as much as he wanted to improve on the Bray Wyatt, you know, experience basically like it's kind of the same. The same mistake might be getting ready to happen with Brody if they're not careful. Um, it's that's like I said, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky, but looking forward to it. Um, all right, so also too, kind of a an interesting a small segment here. Darby Allen was supposed to get interviewed by Taz, and you know Taz, you know, basically called it out that hey, you, you pinned yourself basically. And he was offering him help, but Darby walked away. 
um, is this Taz offering to manage him? Is this going to be beef? Is Taz coming back to Russell? What did you What did you take from this this segment? It made me think about what you had said last week on uh, on the podcast when we was recapping AEW and we were talking about you know the ending between Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes and you didn't see and you didn't like how it made Darby Allen look like you know he wasn't smart enough and when I saw that that promo between him and uh, Taz and Taz just pointing out his intellect, you know, you, you should have said, like, how can you not know that your your shoulders were now on the ground like that? I'm like, damn, maybe are they tried to paint that picture like that. That would suck. You know, that he's not like a smart wrestler now. Right. So that's what is that's what it got me thinking when, you know, when I saw that promo. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's kind of um, good on them for recognizing that that's kind of the picture it painted of Darby and now trying to make a story out of it. So I guess that's them just recognizing the reality of what that match kind of looked like, yeah, um, and what the end looked like. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I still feel like it's just even though yeah, you could you can go ahead and try to make a story out of it now, but you know there was a better way to do that for Darby because Darby had shown better ring IQ before that moment. So now this whole thing with Taz, I don't know. So like if if if. We'll see what they do. I'm kind of confused by what Taz is going to do. Like, is because he walked away and then Taz looked kind of angry. He did. Like, you know, and Taz isn't wrestling. I don't. I don't see that happening. But he could know. be a mouth. You think he'll be a mouthpiece for Darby Allen? Yeah, but Darby doesn't need a mouth. Like, I don't see. I don't even like that. You know, I feel like I want Taz and Darby to just have nothing to do with each other. Just. I, I really don't even think Taz should be a part of Darby Allen's story. I right. I don't think Darby n- needs a mouthpiece, period, man. I At like all. how he does his promos. It's more like a, you know, a s- cinematic piece to it. And, right. And even the way he talks, too. So I don't believe he needs anything to, to add to it if they're looking for something to for fans to gravitate towards. I'm like, he, he does that already, man, with this look, with this charisma. Right. Like he he just needs to have another feud with another wrestler. Put him in a in a feud with Kip Sabian because both of them need something to do right now. Like that would make more sense to me than having this storyline where Taz is trying to train Darby. Like Darby knows how to wrestle. Yep. Like that that shouldn't be the story. So it, it just feels weird. And yeah, if it's gonna be a mouthpiece or anything like that, I, I'm not with that either. Just it seems like they're just playing off of what ended up what the outcome of that match was and say okay you know we we recognize the what the the end looked like so let's try to address it in this way and darby is taking offense to taz even mentioning it so you know it it, it, so that's why i say it's confusing because it almost feels like there's going to be a matchup between taz and darby or Dar- or Taz is going to try to manage Darby, or he's going to try to train Darby, and none of that is is exciting to me. I'm just like, <laughs> just, just do away with all of that. None of those options doesn't work, right? <laughs> like this is one of those like you know WWE sometimes how they just drop storylines and it make it seem like this never happened. This is one of those storylines where I'd be okay if they did that. If they just you know never talked about Taz and Darby again and just had Darby have a match with Kip Sabian and they have a classic 20 minute matchup. I'd be cool with that. Let's just, you know, skip skip past the Taz Darby story, whatever they were. Just treat it as Darby Al- Allen was frustrated, and that was the end of that. And Taz just it. looked, you know, slightly provoked by it. That's exactly. The, it could, it could, yep, it could end right there. That's perfect. We don't That's need perfect. no deep dive story. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want it. We no, don't. We want don't. It. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right, let's talk about the main event. We had Les Sex Gods, Les Champions, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy, a.k.a. Damascus, a.k.a. V1. Yes. We saw a bunch of versions of Matt Hardy in this one. Um, why don't you break this one down, man? Oh, like, man. Just... I'll let you, man. I'll let you, man. Well, just the detail of it. Like, Well, first, I'll just, I, I like to get out the way that, you know, the um, this matchup was fun. It was a fun matchup back and forth. It was a street fight. Uh, the wrestlers came out, you know, in more of a street fight type gear versus their usual wrestling attire. So that was kind of cool. I um, mean, right from the jump, they were just, you know, going right at it. Um, Matt Hardy, like I was alluding to, we saw a couple different versions of Matt. He started off in like this all black um, kind of. It was it was basically Damascus. He was Damascus. He was. Right, but with uh, instead of the red, uh, he was wearing black. And then Jericho took him to the back, and then he reemerged as like the late '90s Matt Hardy <laughs> Hardy Boys look. Which I was like, oh no! Like I kind of was was not liking that at first when he showed. I was like, really, we're doing this here in AEW? Like I didn't really like that when you did that in WWE, man. Not to mention not doing that in AEW. But it was it was funny though in a way. And he did a spot um, off of a ladder uh, to I forget. I think it was Sammy Guevara was on the table, and he did a splash on the Sammy off a ladder. So that was cool. Um, then in the, you know, they, the fight broke out into the, you know, throughout the arena, they were in a hallway area near like a, an ice, um, and what was it? Not an ice machine, but, uh, ice, it was, vin- like, it was like, a where they keep the ice bags in. Right. Right. And then they open up the, the, almost like the fridge, I guess you, I'll just call it for lack of better words here. Um, and threw Matt Hardy into it and closed the door. Right. So then it's it's Kenny Omega on his own against uh, against Sammy Guevara and Jericho. And then he pops up again, changed into Damascus, now wearing red. And it's just like, OK, like, and then he has a golf cart or whatever security cart that was. And he's driving that around and he ran into Jericho, uh, ran over Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara took a Sam. sick. Yeah, that was that was a sick spot right there because Sammy, he, he really tried to sell that man face. Yeah. It, face just hit the side of that that. Cartman, it looked it looked bad. Um, we had Jake Hager was there and he got involved. Uh, we also had um, uh, Santana and Ortiz show up as well. Uh, they got involved um, in the end. The numbers game was just a little bit too much for for yep for Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. And the inner circle came out victorious. They ended up winning the matchup. Um, so yeah, fun matchup. Uh, they had the the uh, football field for the Jaguars in the background. And up in the the uh, I guess the scoreboard, they were showing the inner circles, uh, the inner circle on that scoreboard. They looked back, they flicked off the camera, and that kind of <laughs> went off the air. Uh, it was a pretty cool moment for the inner circle overall winning. Um, I I kind of felt like they were going to win this matchup because this isn't the big matchup that they had been selling, where it was going to be the elite versus the inner circle. So you know, it's it's a good way to build up that matchup. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? Oh man, this was like a fantastic brawl. This was exciting get your heart pumping uh man hats off to to matt hardy through the wardrobe uh, changes throughout throughout the brawl <laughs> which was man, insane i think he did three <laughs> wardrobe changes <laughs> right right <laughs> the one he did in the, uh, well, well i guess we call it like an ice box or whatever i yeah. think that was that was impressive right there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I enjoyed it, man, from Sammy Guevara selling him, getting like whiplash from uh, the golf cart. Matt Hardy was driving like a insane, crazy man. 
And then uh, Kenny Omega looking crazy as well on the passenger side when he was driving it, man. It, it was just a fun match, man. And uh, yeah. Chris Jericho, man, he was still looking like, you know, the main inventor he is doing that uh, power slam on a golf cart, delivering it to uh, Kenny Omega, man. So it was a it was a great violent match. Yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, they had the the uh, heel and face um, wrestlers that were part of the crowd kind of follow them into the hallway of the arena as they were fighting in, in, you know, all throughout the building. And that was cool. And then that's when we got to see too a couple other extra fans that were there. You know, I spotted a couple of kids there. Yeah. Legit so, fans, yeah. man. It was a lot of, yeah, it was, it was a good number of people. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, a jam packed arena or anything like that. Oh but, no. Um, it was, it was a, maybe a, a good 25 decent. people. You could say that. Yeah. I guess yeah. that, that's probably fair. 25, 30 people probably total. Maybe friends uh, of wrestlers or friends of Tony Khan. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, what I would think. Yeah, which you know, that that's to me as long as they're taking precautions. You know, I mean, I think it's it's we're hopefully heading towards you know you know being able to have like other sports back and having maybe you know people come together in in, in certain ways. You know, still adhering to social distancing, but you know, I guess selfishly for me it was kind of cool seeing that you know aspect of it i kind of miss seeing you know fans being there and interacting with them but i also too want them to be safe so it was kind of um you know i just had fun with it for that moment at the same time you're kind of like oh i really hope they're all being safe and being smart about this yeah yeah i definitely had that in the back of my mind when i was seeing kids i was like oh man they got kids there like i I was all thinking about that just being socially aware of you know what you know what day or age we're living in right now Right. So, you know, I'm expecting, you know, see most of them be wearing masks. Some some were wearing masks in the in the crowd too, which was cool, man. Yeah, I think um at least the ones that I saw that weren't wrestlers, they were wearing masks. Wrestlers weren't wearing masks. Um, but you know, they hadn't been wearing masks too for the last couple of last couple of weeks. But Jake the Snake wore a mask. Um, MJF had a mask that was uh, the same materials as right. It's screwed up <laughs> exactly, just like the scarf. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so we just hope they're being safe. That, that's all. But it was a lot of fun. It was man. It was good to see some fans there. You know, definitely enlivening up the the fight, which they did. Yeah. So yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty much dynamite. Uh, any any other thoughts before we wrap? Because man, we we kind of just rolled through all of that. But um, anything else that stood out to you? Man, no, nah, man. It was just a entertaining match. It was definitely good to enjoy a live show and, and back to their home venue as well. A little bit of pyro and see the inner circle, you know, do what they do. Yeah, it was it was a fun night overall. I mean, you know, there were some uh, questions like with the John Moxley situation we talked about with Brody Lee, like some questions there. Um, but overall, a fun show uh, ended with a bang for sure with that street fight matchup. Inner Circle ended up on top, you know, really building up that storyline well with uh, them and the elite. So, yeah, looking looking forward to the, the next chapters, if you will, of the elite versus the inner circle with uh, Damascus being a part of this whole thing, making it even more 
more fun. So, yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, why don't you let the people know where they can hear us? Oh, yeah, most definitely. So you can always listen to us on the podcast, on the most popular podcast apps, whatever your most popular podcast apps you like to listen to, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeart, all those good ones. And then if you want to get notified, too, not only that you can get notified through your podcast app, or you can hit us up on, on the social networks. You got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Usually we'll let you know when we're going to drop new episodes or uh, anything, or we put a question out there to the people, man. Anything you guys want to hear, just let us know how we're doing, too, on this whole wrestling podcast as well. Uh, but hit us up on Twitter. That is Clark underscore wrestling on Twitter. So hit us up there anytime. And with that said, that is going to do it for this week's episode where we recap AEW Dynamite. So for Devin, I'm a feast. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.